Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Again, that's NFL100 for Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Kevin, it's been a few weeks since we last talked. Um... Right now, it's Wednesday, and it seems like there's a lot going on with the Sixers right now because training camp is exactly, what is it, one week and one day away? So we're one week and one day away from training camp, and it seems like there's a lot going on. There's not really a lot going on. Everything that we knew the last time we came on here and spoke is pretty much the same. At this point, it is confirmed that Ben Simmons does not plan to show up the training camp to start. Yeah, it's it's just more of the same. I don't know why. For some reason, when Woj's report came out yesterday that everyone kind of went into like a meltdown again, but it was all just more of the same information. I mean, we've known for weeks that Ben was planning to hold out from training camp, that he wants a deal done. It's clear he has no intentions of repairing this relationship between him and the 76ers. So I don't get why everyone is freaking out now that it's quote unquote confirmed that he's not showing up with training camp just a week away. Really? The only thing that might've been new was that that meeting that happened between what was it? Josh Harris, Daryl Morey, Elton brand, doc rivers, that meeting in LA, the Sixers went into that meeting with the intentions of, we want this guy back kind of like, you know, we're not making a trade right now. We're not getting what we wanted come back, come play for the Sixers, you know, raise your value. Maybe we, it all, you know, works out and we fix the situation and try to run this thing back. I think that that's really the only new information that came about since really the original tweets happened that Ben was not showing up at all. Yeah. It's, it's just a mess. I mean, there was reports that things were going to get messy, but this has just completely been blown out of proportion Simmons and clutch on on their side they have handled this I think completely unprofessionally we've seen we've seen star players in the past request trades there's no blaming Simmons for that he has every right to request a trade but the way they're handling things now is just they're treading a fine line and there's going to be some serious debates about player empowerment because Ben Simmons is only in the second year of his rookie max extension. And now he's basically, you know, taken his ball and gone home and saying, I'm not showing up. I'm, I'm willing to take all the fines. I'm not playing another game in this uniform. Send me to where I want to go. And that's, that's just not how it's done. I mean, even look at the James Harden situation. Yes. James Harden showed up to training camp late. Yes. He showed up out of shape, but he still showed up. Yes. He was visibly disgruntled on the floor and in his media availabilities, 
but he still did them. He toughed it out. He, you know, there's a rapport there between player and organization that needs to be handled while these things are going on. And it's just Simmons and clutch are, it's pretty much an abusive power at this point. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, listen, you bring up James Harden, who that situation last year was obviously tough. I mean, his his press conferences were hard to watch. He didn't really want to answer any questions, made it very clear. Like, I don't want to be in Houston. This is done. But he showed up. He showed up for work. And then eventually it got to the point where it was in Houston's best interest to say, like, hey, just stay home. We'll work on the trade. You just stay home. We're going to move on. We're, you know, hitting this rebuilding phase. They accepted that. In this situation, the Sixers and the Sixers have done a lot wrong in the past few years. Like we can all agree with that. I don't see where the Sixers are wrong in this situation. I just, I can't for the, I, for the life of me, I cannot figure it out. I can't figure out why Ben Simmons is mad at the Sixers. He's clearly mad at those, you know, snide comments after a game seven law. I don't know why. It's all just a heat of the moment thing. Yes, maybe Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid shouldn't have thrown Ben Simmons under the bus following that series against Atlanta. Was it not justified? I mean, like, Ben had a rough series. He set the worst record of free throw percentage in the postseason ever. He passed up a wide-open dunk in a game seven. Like, it's not like Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers went out of their way to throw him under the bus, and they could have said much worse things. It's not like they said these terrible, terrible things and were blaming Ben and, you know, and trying to just completely tarnish his name. They just made some slight jabby comments, which is expected after a moment like that when you drop a series in that type of fashion. So I agree with you. I don't understand where the 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 riffle is. I guess you it starts back when Daryl Morey tried to trade Ben for Harden. I think that was more of the start of this and it kind of built up and maybe game seven was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I feel like much worse things could have been said that might've caused Ben to want to be traded from Philadelphia, but what was said and how things are being handled now don't exactly match. It's also funny how you mentioned that he had a bad series and I'm pretty sure like second question of Ben's post game press conference, he literally says, I quote, I had a bad series. So if you had a bad series and you know you had a bad series, then why does it matter that someone questions your ability to be a point guard on a championship winning team after a game seven where really you you contributed nothing offensively in that final game? They needed you to step up. And then he goes on and talks about how Trey Young shot and how many assists he had. And then it it just goes to show that you can say he says he has a rough series, but he doesn't actually get that. That's just him saying, like, I took my accountability. That's that. But I'm still not going to admit that I'm wrong. It's just like, when does Ben Simmons wake up and admit, like, you have shortcomings? Like, you can't just get by being an NBA point guard and just being a passer. Like, you're supposed to be this all star that is dominant on both sides of the ball, but your scoring hasn't really improved since he's come into the league and he's frightened, frightened to take a jump shot. He's frightened to get to the free throw line. So it's like, why is it on the Sixers? Why is why are the Sixers at fault in this situation? Not to mention, it makes sense. They've done everything to try to cater to him. I mean, 
Brett Brown put the ball in his hands day one, let him run the offense, let him play the way he wants. They tried to, you know, gracefully move him along and let him develop at his own pace. They gave him that max contract extension in hopes that he would continue to grow his game. You know, they did their best to try and put the pieces around him to help elevate his game. When everything went down with Jimmy Butler and Ben didn't like that someone was taking the ball out of his hands, they shipped away Jimmy Butler. You know, they they moved on from all these guys that were so tight from Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid willingly accepted that because he thought they could be great together. I think that the issues lie much deeper in Ben having a lot of yes men around him, and I think that has created this facade around him that, you know, he can easily rest on his laurels, that he can get by being just – a really good NBA player when in reality he has all the the physical and God-given abilities to be great. Definitely. And I mean, you mentioned the yes men. It's a, it's about the camp too. I mean, Sixers wanted to hire a, a coach for him in the off season a couple of years ago. And they said, no, his uh, was a half brother, his yeah. half brother's going to do who's like a division two or three college coach. So it's like, you know, not to discredit his brother and his coaching ability, but it's like, we're not talking about division two, II, division three. We're talking about NBA an all-star player who needs to reach this next level, this number one overall pick level. And the NBA team was willing to put that on their budget and say like, Hey, we want this guy to get better in the off season. And then they blindside the guy and say, Hey, you're actually not going to coach Ben Simmons because he wants his coach, you know, yeah. to be around them. So, and then we're still, we're still seeing the Chris Johnson highlights and it's like, yeah, Chris Johnson, he's doing a great job with Tyrese Maxey, but why isn't that getting to Ben Simmons? Why is Ben Simmons doing all of this in the offseason? And then he gets to the game and none of that, none of that part of his game in those videos exists on the, the playing court when it's game time. It just does not make sense at all. Yeah, I mean, Chris Johnson's done great with Ben Simmons. The Ben Simmons in those workout videos yeah. is, you know, the the dream Ben Simmons that everyone expects, this six foot nine super athlete that can, you know, just dominate the floor and hit shots from everywhere. But you know, and it's just how many former players have come out and begged Ben Simmons to be their his shooting coach? Like it's not like the resources aren't available. There's so many people in and around the league, in and around the basketball community that want to help him grow because they see it. They know. They know how great he could be if he puts it all together. And he is just so stuck in his ways and influenced by the people around him that he wants to do things his way with his people. And it's just that's it. I think I think Sam Cassell was like the last straw. Like this is a guy who um, who was it? I think it was John Wall. Yeah. John, John Wall. Wall credited him. So that's that's a guy who before his injuries and all that. NBA superstar. So he improved credit to Sam Cassell for that. There are plenty of players who say like Sam Cassell, you know, he's not, he's not going to come in and be your, your best buddy or whatever. He's going to come in. He's going to, he's going to, you know, be hard about everything and try to get the best out of you. So Ben gave him that credit and said, you know, he holds me accountable and all this. We see it before the games, all that during practice, like he's in his ear and telling him like, we got to get this right. We see Ben working on everything before the game, then the game happens. And then it, he just completely goes to being that player that we all have seen the last, you know, four years. So that was it. That's the last straw. If I'm the Sixers and you know, why, why would you even want him back at this point? I get it. You want to raise his value a little bit, but 
do you really actually want him back? I mean, Doc Rivers says he does, but why? Why would you? Like, he's not changing for anybody. He's not changing for you. I agree. If you're someone in the Sixers locker, like if you're a Joel Embiid, if you're a Tobias Harris, I mean, these are two guys that that want to be great so bad. They continue to put the work in. People may slander Tobias Harris, but he has improved as a player during his short tenure in Philadelphia. We've seen Joel Embiid put all the work in off the floor to continue to get his body right. He arguably could have been MVP last year. He's inserted himself in the upper echelon of NBA stardom. These guys want to be good so bad. They want it so bad. And I think uh, on the other side of it, when they see Ben just kind of stuck in his ways and just wanting to rest on his laurels and be the same guy, I mean, that that might agitate me a little bit if I'm a teammate who's working year round to, you know, up the situation and try and take this team out of the second round and, you know, live up to the potential that's been placed on them from day one. So I agree. If, if you're the Sixers, why do you want him back at this point after you've done everything for this guy and now he's just taking his ball, gone home and saying, you know, trade me that I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, obviously we know how Joel's probably feeling about it because we've seen what he's been through through all the years, the injuries, the, you know, being out of shape, getting back in shape, comes and looks like an MVP caliber player last year. You mentioned Tobias Harris. This is a guy who, I mean, he had to kind of stay off social media last year because he's saying, like, they're killing me in Philly. <laughs> like, had a bad playoff series. But when did Tobias Harris say, you know what, I'm not showing up for camp next year. And, right. you know, you guys might as well trade me because, you know, I, I can't handle the pressures of the fans. Obviously, Ben never said that, but we know that that's kind of what it's trending towards. But what did Tobias Harris do? Tobias Harris kept working on his game, comes in, uh, embraces whatever's coming his way, and then ends up having a borderline all-star season. Obviously, probably should have been an all-star, but there was there was a lot of, you know, voting that took things in different directions. But, I mean, Tobias Harris, as much as people, you know, give him crap for, you know, what's happened in the past, he's just, like, defeated everything that's come his way. Like, he just handled it perfectly. And then imagine being that guy now who like he might have to face Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons does show up. If I'm Tobias, I'm like, dude, go home. Get the hell out of here. Like you should have did what me or Joel did, but instead you're just like, you don't want to actually take accountability. You'll say, yeah, I had a bad series, but then follow up by saying, oh, but then I did this and I did that and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, it's almost like he everyone realizes now he doesn't actually want to get better. He just wants to coast through and be the superstar that he is. There's also the camaraderie aspect. Although we've seen the Sixers roster change so much throughout the years, this kind of this quote unquote big three of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris, they've been through a lot together in their short time. I mean, you're talking about the Raptor series in 2019 what happened all in the bubble with Boston last season. These guys have really gone to war with all like alongside each other these past few years. And like you said about Joel and Tobias, they overcame all, all the slander and the obstacles and, and all the outside noise. And now they're adored by the fans. I mean, Tobias Harris got nothing but love last season as he, you know, had that all-star campaign. And if Ben Simmons doesn't see that, then he's just oblivious to what's going on around him. And if I'm Joel and Tobias and I, and I have this guy who has been along my side, you know, season in, season out for years now, and now is deciding that he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. I Like, 
there really is like some some personal aspect to that that I think might cause a rift between the three of them. And we know how competitive Joel Embiid is. While he may come out and defend Ben in the public eye, I think behind the scenes he might be fed up. Oh, absolutely. And when when we were discussing it earlier about the post, you know, game seven post-game comments, my thing is kind of I could see where Ben might just be at a breaking point with Joel. Cause if people remember during the 2019, 2020 season, Joel called out Ben a lot subliminally in the media. He was saying like, you know, players need to expand their game and guys need to jump out of their comfort zone. Like I'm doing that for them and all that. And obviously he never said Ben by name. We all know who he was talking about. And I mean, he's not wrong, but there was time that there were times that he kind of threw Ben under the bus and everyone knew what he was talking about. So if that's who he's finished with, I get that. But with Doc Rivers, like, come on, how many times did Doc Rivers defend Ben Simmons last year? And then the one time he wasn't sure about something with Ben's game after a game seven loss that they probably should have won. That's really like the straw that broke the camel's back like that. You know, come on. That's kind of ridiculous. And it's just like, Where's the the respect aspect of it? Like, yeah, Joel Embiid might have taken some shots at you in the past. But at the end of the day, when it came to play on the floor, Joel Embiid was the one taking all that scrutiny because he was shooting too many threes a game because he was trying to open the floor for Ben. Same thing with Tobias. He did everything he could. His numbers took a drastic hit. He got all the, the slander towards him because his shooting wasn't great because he had to be the guy throwing up the shots from deep just because they needed some sort of spacing. These guys have done nothing but try to to help his game and, and move him along. And now he's just kind of thrown all that to the wind and, and he wants a fresh start somewhere else. And I feel like being quote unquote, the guy definitely plays a part in it. I think seeing Joel Embiid insert himself into superstardom and be in the MVP conversation might, you know, bother him a little bit. And we've seen some reports that from that have come out that Ben Simmons wants to be a guy somewhere where he goes. So maybe it could be the whole, I want my own team kind of thing. And he finally realizes that uh, if push ever came to shove between him and Joel, that it really is Joel's team now because he is the guy. He is the main pillar of the franchise. He's the the team's undoubted best player. And that might, you know, cause a little um, friction, I guess would be the word. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess seeing Ben now, it does, he does strike me as the guy that would be content with being on some, you know, like a Houston Rockets team where, He's this, he's the veteran star or whatever, and they might not make the playoffs, but Ben Simmons gets his all-star appearances. So clearly I didn't buy into this in previous, previous seasons that he only cares about the all-star appearances after this year. Now I kind of do. Cause remember I, I brought it up before there was that moment. He fell outside of the top 10. His name was no longer in the voting. And then all of a sudden Ben Simmons is like just having great scoring games and it's just going going to the basket with this aggression and talking about, well, my mentality is different now. And just I'm, I have this newfound confidence. Then he's an all-star again. And then he's back to the old Ben Simmons. So at this point, I do buy stock into the fact that Ben only cares about what his image is. And listen, that's fine, whatever. But don't don't go to the media talking about I want to win championships and all that. Clearly, you don't. You won't sacrifice parts of your games to get to that point. So listen, he wants a fresh start. That's fine. If I'm the Sixers, I definitely want a fresh start too. Want to wash my hands of the situation. 
The issue is what team now wants Ben Simmons? How can you be a team? And this is, and this is only why, this is why it's only small market teams going for Ben Simmons. Cause they know, Oh, well we can bring this star in and he might bring interest, but this is why golden States like, well, why would, why would the warriors want to bring this team in? They want to be back in championship contention. Why would a team like, I don't even know who was there any other championship teams that you've been looking at Ben Simmons? No, I mean, he mentioned the LA teams, but the Clippers too. Like Sacramento is like, yeah, yeah, Sacramento. No, but they're not Golden, golden state. I feel like the Draymond green thing plays more of a factor, but yeah, I agree. There, there's a reason why they're kind of like, uh, all right, maybe we'll draw the line here because they they want to go back to being the Warriors. And seeing the way Ben Simmons changes when the postseason rolls around, I think definitely is a major red flag for their organization. Yeah, there's no championship team that's like, all right, let's bring in Ben Simmons because everyone's starting to realize, wow, this is really what it is. Like, we don't know. Can this guy be a point guard on a championship winning team? Probably not. I mean, you're not going to – Golden State's not going to bring him in and say, hey, yeah. Steph Curry, play somewhere else. Well, that that's the thing too. I mean, he clearly wants to be a guy. He wants to run the show. He wants to be a Magic Johnson-type guy. If he has problems deferring to Joel Embiid and, you know, not wanting to play on his team, you're going to bring him into Golden State who has this fortified core that was a dynasty. And, you know, Steph Curry – Steph Curry was an MVP finalist last year. I believe he won the scoring title as well. Yeah. Clay Thompson's coming back. Like, you think Ben Simmons is going to be able to handle playing with Draymond Green? Like, there, there's so many aspects to that that uh, that make it a cause for concern. And not to mention, if you're a team potentially thinking like, I'm, I'd be surprised if teams around the league weren't nervous about bringing him in because what's to say two years from now he's not disgruntled again and then the team he goes to is now going through this kind of circus with him because he wants out again. I mean, he's under contract for four more years. It's not like a, a James Harden situation where you have two years with him and then you're, you might be able to wash your hands of it or figure out what to do. Like wherever Ben Simmons goes, he's under contract for the long term. And there is a very real possibility that he could go through all of this again if, you know, his needs and demands are not met. Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all office sports pools. That's the point. I mean, it's just it's such a bad luck the way it's going. Like, yeah. to want out is one thing, but to – just not take blame for anything and then say like, I'm it's not showing up. I'm not playing tantrum. again. Yeah. It's literally. It's tantrum. like, this is a spoiled kid who got told no for the first time in his life. And now he doesn't know how to react. And like, I get it. He might, he might be getting, you know, some, I guess, tips from rich Paul to be like this, or rich Paul just might be telling him completely what to do. And maybe Ben doesn't even feel this way. But I mean, we all seen how he was over the last few years. Clearly, 
like you say, too many yes men. He believes that he's at a higher level than he is. So, like I said, Sixers just at this point, why would you want him back? That's my big question. So Doc Rivers joined um, multiple ESPN shows today, I guess doing some damage control of what's going on because these new reports coming out. And as much as I say, why would the Sixers want him back? Doc Rivers is saying he wants Ben Simmons back. I don't know for the life of me. I can't figure out why at this point, because like I said, he's defended him all season long, made one comment that may be a little questionable. Ben doesn't like it. Now he can barely get a hold of Ben all season long, but comes out today and says he wants Ben Simmons back. Are you buying Doc Rivers wants Ben Simmons back? Not at all. It's just, it's the continued game of chess between the Sixers and Rich Paul. I texted you earlier. It's no coincidence that 24 hours after Woj's report comes out, that Doc Rivers is out on all these ESPN shows saying that they want Ben back. They're trying to fix the relationship that they still feel they can win a championship with Ben Simmons, despite what he just did this last postseason. It's all leverage, move, counter move, stuff that we've seen all season. It's just continued smoke and mirrors and both sides trying to take advantage. Right. And I also like how you mentioned, I don't know the exact quote because there was a lot, there was a lot to unplug there, but he said something like about the contract. Well, there's four years here. So like we, (laughs) it's on us. Like we have the leverage here. So I like that. It kind of gives this indication like, Hey, they're going to hold on to this and not just trade you away because you're throwing a fit. Mm -hmm. And it's the right move. Like I said, from the beginning, like you had, you gave him a five-year deal expecting him to be a long-term pillar of this franchise along Joel Embiid, along Tobias Harris. And now year two, after getting your max money, you're going to try and force your way out. No way. You can request a trade and that's fine. And Daryl Morey will obviously continue to seek a trade, but until one comes about that benefits the Sixers who hold the leverage in the situation, because you're still under contract for so long, you know, you have to tough it out because at the end of the day, Daryl Morey is not going to sell for pennies on the dollar just because you got slapped on the hand and, and told no, like you said. So uh, the Sixers have held firm all summer, and I hope it, it. while it will be ugly, it's the right move to continue to hold on and wait for the move that benefits you. Right. Like Ben's not going to force himself to Houston for the Sixers to take on two years John of Wall. John Wall. Yeah, for- no thanks. What is it, 94, 97 million? I don't even know. Uh, I think it's like 91 and a half, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's it's over 90 million for two seasons. He's like one of the top three highest paid players in the league right now. Yeah, and like he just missed an entire year two years ago. He played, what, 40 40 of 72 games last year? Like, come on. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, like the Sixers have enough injury concerns of their own. Like they don't need to bring more in. Trading for John Wall would have been amazing seven years ago. Not even seven, maybe like four before that Achilles injury. And that's the thing, too. Achilles injuries are like maybe the worst injuries you could get. Not to mention he had a major setback in recovery that cost him an entire second. It's not even like a one-year thing. He missed almost like two and a half years of his peak years due to injury. Like it's just – it is way too much of a gamble that has very little chance of working out right to that be the final move that ends the Simmons saga. 
Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine this. I mean, if John Wall were to get bought out, I could see the Sixers having yeah. interest. Not and to it's mention, like, okay, this can you know ease things a little bit. The Simmons Wall money doesn't evenly match up, so the Sixers have to throw another contract yeah. in just to match Wall's money. That right off the bat just completely makes it a no. Yeah, so Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey for John Wall. Oh. <laughs> somebody, somebody floated yeah, Somebody that actually out there. tweeted that. Can you, <laughs> who in their right mind wrote that tweet and thought it was a good idea to hit send Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey for the shell of John Wall? Like, what is going on? Houston last year didn't think Ben Simmons was good enough to trade for James Harden. And now they think they can flip John Wall for Ben Simmons. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I, I think at this point, Daryl Morey is basically reading the tea leaves with everything. Daryl Morey is going to wait. How does Portland start? Do they start bad? Is Damian Lillard ready to accept like what's going on? They got a little bit better this offseason. Exactly. Are they championship contenders in the West? No. <laughs> but But the point is... How does Portland start? Does Damian Lillard want out? Okay. How does Washington start? Does Bradley Beal want out? Is Sacramento finally going to ease up and say, all right, forget this buddy healed Marvin Bagley stuff. Maybe we'll trade the Aaron Fox if you want to throw some, some other sweeter assets in there. Or do the Sixers accept maybe CJ McCollum is who they get. You talked about it. Ben Simmons for McCollum swap. So this is going to go into the regular season. I hate to tell you that, Kev, because I know you're getting you're getting <laughs> tired of this. But this is going to go into the regular season, and it should go into the regular season. The Sixers should not be letting up because Ben Simmons is just driving his value into the ground. It all comes down to there's going to be a team. It might be a small market team for obvious reasons, but somebody is going to want to trade for Ben Simmons, play the patient game, see how that works out. Regardless, the Sixers are – still a good team. They'll still do good enough to make the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, even if Ben Simmons comes back, I don't even know if the Sixers are even close to championship favorites in the East right now. Like you got to think how many teams, I mean, Brooklyn's still Brooklyn. They stay healthy. Brooklyn got better. I mean, let's be real. Brooklyn got better. It's their health. Their health is their big concern there. Milwaukee just won the championship. They're still tough. They were tough on the Sixers last year. Miami got better. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say Chicago's championship contenders. They got better but, though. Yeah, the the middle class of the East got better. You're still, you know, you're looking at the New York Knicks. You're looking at the Atlanta Hawks, who just got all of that playoff yeah, experience Atlanta too, and are yeah. going to be hungry. You look at Chicago. Like, there's going to be teams vying in the East. Like, it's not going to be this easy cakewalk. And while it, if Ben Simmons sticks around, I think that the Sixers are still a tier one or near a top tier. They're still a top four team in the East. Right. You put it in whatever order you want. But the East is not going to be, you know, this easy cakewalk there. The the middle class of it got better. The top got better as well with Miami pushing all in and Brooklyn getting better. So that is why the Sixers need to remain firm and wait for a deal that makes them better because they're not in a position to move laterally or even think about, you know, trying to do a whole four quarters for a dollar type trade. Yeah, they're unless you're getting the Bradley Beal, the Damian Lillard, there's right. no move that make that like boost the Sixers from fourth in the East to first in the East, right. which 
the seating doesn't matter. We already found that out. Like, I don't know how many times I got to read uh, a story in the Sixers. Somebody in the Sixers uh, front office says, we know how bad we messed up last year because Brooklyn was injured. Brooklyn was injured. You could have beat Milwaukee. You had home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs and you screwed up. So, but there's, there's just, it doesn't matter. Like you got the number one seed last year and you weren't the best team. So that seeding doesn't matter. If the Sixers have to drop a little bit, it's fine. I, I know Doc Rivers is still saying, well, hey, we still want to be the number one team. That doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great if they were to finish the, the first seed in the Eastern Conference again. But let's be real. It's a whole different beast when the postseason starts. It's all about being ready. And even if it means being the second or third seed to be put in a better position mentally and physically, you know, health-wise heading into the postseason, that is the correct move. I know people try to say the regular season doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that it totally doesn't matter, but the name of the game needs to be being mentally and physically ready for the postseason because that is, you know, that is the, the demon that they're chasing, you know, escaping the second round, being able to compete with the, the Milwaukee's and the Brooklyn's because at the end of the day, a championship is still the goal. Exactly. And championships aren't decided at the beginning of the year. So if the Sixers have to sacrifice a little bit to hold on to Ben Simmons, who clearly doesn't want to participate, so be it. Got to play the patient game. Daryl Morey's been doing that all offseason long. I understand where everybody has to understand he might not fully win that trade. Like people want Daryl Morey fleecing somebody with Ben Simmons. He's not. It's not going to happen. No. It won't be a total fleece, but anything they need a bare minimum lateral move, something that at least keeps you in the position to compete in the East or something that gets you better. If that's a Bradley Beal, if that's a Damian Lillard, maybe a Zach Levine, depending on how Chicago looks. I'm not holding my breath on that one, but I think he's a dark horse name that could still be thrown in the mix. But yeah, no sources, not at all. Far, far from sources. That's just, you know, <laughs> just throwing it out there. But because he, he's on a contract year. And I mean, the, those guys, those situations should always be monitored. Daryl Moore has always been known for making the crazy swing. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but they they can't afford the the whole young players and draft picks type trade. That, that does nothing for you right now. It does nothing for competing in Joel Embiid's prime. You need something. You need win now assets and something that keeps you in contention to compete with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And that reminds me, I always laugh when I see stuff with the Timberwolves where it's like, they want Ben Simmons and uh, they don't want to give, give up Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Edwards yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, or even D'Angelo Russell. Cool. And, so they don't really want Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone out there who's saying, well, they have a few other young players and picks that should get it done. It's not going to get it done again. Enough with the nonsense. Yeah. They're not, the Sixers are not taking on young projects and draft picks. What, what was the point of that? If they do that, then okay, I get it. They can gamble and go to the trade deadline and try to flip everything that they got originally. But yeah. why would you even take that gamble? Right. Why would, why would you play that risk when, not to say Joel Embiid's days are numbered, but his window is smaller compared to other NBA superstars due to his injury history. So you have no room to gamble. There is no playing on house money. It, your time to strike is now. You need to strike while the iron's hot. And bringing on a Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, and, you know, X amount of first-round picks does nothing for you right now. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So anything you see with Minnesota where they don't want to give up one of their top three people, 
just ignore it. And obviously, <laughs> it can't it, it can't be cat. We already tried the double center thing. No, yeah, thing. I don't even know why anybody wants. <laughs> yeah, that. Minnesota, you can keep Carl Anthony Towns, but the guards will have to have some talk about. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But next week is training camp. The Sixers are back on Thursday, media day. We're definitely going to discuss media day. Um, and some media members are back in the building for training camp. That's going to be your first training camp, correct? It will be first in person. Real, real Listen, in-person training camp. I am no longer a rookie on the beat. Yeah, your rookie season's up. I'm done carrying your bags. This <laughs> <laughs> my, my my rookie duties are over. For the record, no one has ever made this guy carry bags. <laughs> there were no Hello Kitty backpacks. There was no. Uh... Yeah, you you won't have to do any of that. So you'll be in the building. Unfortunately, my situation has prevented me from making training camp this year. That's on me. It's my fault. I'll be back in the building once. Uh, probably preseason. Preseason, yeah. Sometime which pre-season. is two weeks away. As crazy as that sounds. So you'll be our training camp consultant for Believe in 76ers. Sounds great. I'm Pressure's on. To... Uh, listen, on, I, I will not fold under the pressure, and I will not request out if things don't go well. That's good. It's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all we got for today. Kev, drop your Twitter handle. At KevinMCCMBA. And mine is at JGrosso underscore. And this is the Believe in 76ers podcast presented by Bet Online. And we'll talk to you next week. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube